name is Blake Lindley, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Life for All International podcast, where we discuss all things pro-life ministry uh, around the world. So thank you for joining us. We're always glad to have you with us. Uh, today we have a very special guest, Marcus Fay. Marcus and his wife, Boom, run a pro-life outreach in Thailand called the Light Center. So we're just going to uh, discuss a few things uh, with Marcus today, ask him a few questions, and uh, so hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you get something uh, really good out of it. Um, I'll let Marcus say hello to you real quick. Hello. <laughs> so that was a very, very quick hello. So uh, I'm going to just ask him some questions, and uh, he'll just give us kind of his take and his thoughts on those. So first question, Marcus, is... Uh, for you to tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I have a wife and two kids. Uh, our son Tyler is eight years old. Our son James is five years old. Um, Boom and I met in Thailand back in 2005. I'd gone over to help with tsunami relief after the Asian tsunami in 2004. And we worked on the same church planning team for a couple of years. And so that's how we met. Uh, great. Okay, so Marcus, how did you and Boom start, uh, decide to start a pro-life outreach in Thailand? Well, about six years ago, we were trying to have our second child, and we went through a series of miscarriages. And one of the miscarriages we lost at five months along. And our 17-year-old cousin, who also lives in Thailand, it's uh, Boom's cousin, uh, she was also pregnant at almost the exact same time that we were. And so we were kind of wrestling with God, wondering why he'd let our 17-year-old cousin have a baby, but would take ours from us. But it was through the process of um, wrestling through that with God and um, helping our cousin that we realized there weren't any pregnancy resources or any pro-life ministries um, in the region that we live in, which is northeast Thailand, where there's about 23 million people. Um, so we started just praying about it. Um, both of us had volunteered in crisis pregnancy ministries in the past. Um, we met with several ministries here in the U.S. to talk to them before we um, went forward with any plans. And I just felt like God was leading us down a path to do that. Awesome. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your ministry? Um, what, what does your ministry do? Um, we focus on three areas. Our mission is simply to give hope and support to vulnerable pregnant women, uh, to provide foster care for children waiting to be adopted, and to protect and restore victims of sexual abuse. We started with just the piece of, as like a crisis pregnancy center, um, working in partnership with the government. Um, we highly value working with the government because um, they can do legal things that we can't, and um, it's a great opportunity to witness for Christ with people in the government. Um, but as we um, continued working, there was, of course, mothers once in a while that couldn't or weren't able to uh, keep their baby, and the only option was to send them into um, institutionalized care in the regional orphanage, and that wasn't a good option. And for a long time, people had told us that Thai people don't want to adopt because your bloodline is so important, and they're afraid they're going to get a bad kid. Um, but that hasn't been the case. We told our local um, government that we would uh, be willing to foster care um, infants that were waiting to be adopted, and uh, they started looking for families locally. And they've been able to find families, and so they don't have to send the children to institutionalized care anymore. And the children are getting families in months instead of years because 
Um, international adoption right now takes about three to four years. Um, the adoption board has a pretty big backlog of kids waiting for families. And so our foundation is trying to get um, the Thai church and Thailand in general excited about adoption. Great. Um, can you tell us how do you uh, connect with women? How do you, how do you find women mm -hmm. to reach out and minister to? Well, nobody walks through our doors. <laughs> um, here in the U.S., I know crisis pregnancy centers, usually people will Google it or they'll hear about it and they'll go to the pregnancy center for an ultrasound. But um, in Thailand, it's not a concept people are familiar with. So we use Facebook as a tool and Facebook has its pros and cons, but um, Thailand is a very engaged country on Facebook and we've used it to our advantage by advertising. And for just a few dollars, we can put the advertisement on um, the phone of people we want to contact with. And that's been a great tool for us. Great, that's good. Um, can you tell us about how your ministry does ultrasounds? Mm -hmm. How do you get uh, ultrasounds for women? How do you provide ultrasounds for mm -hmm. women in Thailand? Well, we don't do any uh, healthcare like that on site um, because once you start doing that, uh, it throws you into a different department of the government. Um, but healthcare is pretty cheap in Thailand, so we offer um, to take young women to uh, private clinics for ultrasounds. And we've developed relationships with doctors in town uh, that give us discounts and they'll open it at almost any time of day if we have emergencies. And so we have a good relationship with people who already have clinics. Uh, one thing that stood out to me when we in our previous discussion was your rate of women who saw an ultrasound and chose to give life to their child rather than have an abortion. Could, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so far everyone who's gotten an ultrasound has chosen life instead of abortion. And in Thailand you can get abortions. Um, they are legal in some cases. Um, but most people are Buddhist and in Buddhism they believe that life has value and that they need to protect life. So most people think that abortion is kind of a necessary evil. You turn your head and don't look at it, but it's necessary for the future of the girl. Um, but everyone knows it's wrong and everyone understands the concept of protecting life. So once people see that this isn't just a mass of tissue, this is a baby with a heartbeat, um, usually people will choose life. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's a, an incredible testimony to using an ultrasound, but not just using an ultrasound in the mm -hmm. United States, but using an ultrasound in Asia or Thailand and mm -hmm. uh, just some of the results or some of the positive effects of that mother seeing that child in the womb um, mm -hmm. and how that changes her perspective. Yeah. Can, you, can you tell us a little bit uh, about your staff who is helping you with the ministry? Uh, so our staff is primarily made up of Thai nationals. Um, right now we have um, four full-time staff and we have two part-time staff and then several college interns that volunteer when they have time in between classes, on the weekends, that kind of thing. Um, in the past we used to have foreign volunteers come for short periods of time, but um, we're in an area where the language barrier is really high and so it's, it's difficult to um, just show up and, and live. Um, you need time. So we're always open to having long-term people come for two to three-year terms or even longer if they have a real heart for the ministry. Um, but typically we shy away from the short-term teams just to um, protect. We have transitional housing and we try to protect the mothers who stay there from having too many people come in and out of their life. 
Um, what would you say, we, we've talked about this in previous conversations, but uh, what, would, what would be some of your favorite days in mm -hmm. the ministry? Well, I always say that we have three favorite days in the ministry. Um, a lot of the young women that we work with are coming from homes where they've actually been kicked out of their village um, by their parents, told not to come home. Um, and so when they come to us, they think that's the end of the line. They think they'll never graduate. They'll never get a job. Um, and so one of my favorite days is when they graduate, because that's usually one of the first things on their mind when they contact us is that they won't graduate. And um, we always have a big celebration when they graduate high school or college. Um, Adoption day is one of my favorite day. You get a chance to meet with the families, um, get to help with the transition of the child into the family. That's a fun day. Um, and then when a mother... Uh, leaves the Light Center to live on her own with her child is also another um, big day. We always have a ceremony. We pray with them. Um, we put paint on their hands and put their handprints on the wall, and that's a lot of fun for everybody. So um, we have a lot of exciting days. Yeah, that's wonderful. We have a lot of difficult days, too, sometimes. Absolutely. But it's the good days make up for the bad days. Absolutely. <laughs> you need those highlight days to make up for the difficult and the challenging mm -hmm. days that often come in between and sometimes come uh, fast and often. Mm -hmm. um, could you tell us a little bit of how you share the gospel with uh, women who come through your ministry? Mm -hmm. Everyone who comes through our ministry um, will hear the gospel at some point. Um, sometimes we only get a very brief moment to talk to them, so we don't always get, get to, but we always try to. Um, we're not just here to give them pregnancy resources or to offer free stuff. We're there to introduce them to Jesus Christ, too, because he's the one that's going to transform their life and give them eternal life. So, Yeah, I mean, the gospel is very important to every, every person, regardless if they're in a crisis pregnancy or not, needs to hear about Jesus. Crisis pregnancy resource ministry is just another opportunity Absolutely. to share Christ with somebody who may... Uh, not know Christ, may not have heard Christ, uh, so it's a great opportunity. We partner with the local Thai church. Um, Thailand's about 95% Buddhist, and there's a very small Christian population, but um, the churches that are there know what we do. Um, we try to partner with them. We try to, um, any college students that are there, we recruit our college students from the church. Our pastor does uh, Bible studies with our team and with uh, everyone in the transitional housing. Um, and we anyone who stays with us goes to church with us. Of course, we don't force them to become Christians, but certainly they hear the gospel, and many choose to follow Christ as a result. That's wonderful. Um, can you maybe share with us a story or two, maybe either about adoption that's happened in your ministry, or maybe one of the women who have come through your ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the earliest cases we had was a young woman. Her nickname was Mai. Um, she was uh, about ready to give birth, but she was still going to classes. We hadn't met her yet, of course. And she went into labor during her test, midterm exam. So uh, she hopped on her moped, nine months pregnant, <laughs> went to the hospital, gave birth, came back a couple days later, finished her test, and then called her dad to let him know that he was a grandfather. And he had no idea, of course. So... He hopped on a bus, drove four hours to see her. Um, he walked in the room and refused to look at his granddaughter and said to my, leave your baby here at the hospital, abandon it, and come home and work for the family. And she refused to do it. 
but she was really confused about how she could move forward as a mother. And she later told us that she was considering suicide on the day that we, we met her. So it was really God's providence that we had um, had a chance to meet with her because we hadn't even opened our doors when we heard about her. It was just a friend of a friend of a friend who happened to be a nurse at that hospital heard that we were planning to start this ministry and contacted us. But she just needed somebody to walk with her through her pregnancy until she got to a point where she could stand on her own feet. Her family had rejected her. Um, she didn't know how she'd be able to finish college and raise her own child at the same time. Um, so we provided childcare so she could go study. Um, and after a year, she was able to graduate. She was able to find employment. And today she's raising her own child. And uh, while she was staying with us, she went to church with us. And she also became a believer while she was uh, staying at the Light Center. So is this your first client ever? She was the first client ever. Wow, that's ever. incredible. It was a great start. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the Lord the Lord may have done that on purpose, you know, mm -hmm. to, to see somebody come seek you out yep. in the first place, but also later on to accept Christ, uh, you know. Yep. Uh, that's uh, the first client that anybody would, would love to have. Yeah, and she absolutely. came back to visit us last Christmas. She had uh, saved up a couple hundred dollars, which was a pretty good chunk of her income. Um, to donate back to the ministry because oh, wow. she wanted to help other mothers like her. And wow. of course I said, no, 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 you don't have to do that, mm -hmm. you know. And she's like, no, I saved this money and I want to help other women. So, Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's an incredible testimony for her. Yeah. And what a blessing, what an encouragement for your ministry to see somebody so impacted that yeah. they save up their money and want to give it back to the ministry mm -hmm. to help them. Yeah, that's an incredible uh, testimony. Well, um, we're about out of time. I appreciate you coming and giving us uh, just a few minutes about your ministry. And mm -hmm. uh, I personally uh, visited Marcus and Boom in Thailand this past January and immediately fell in love with their ministry and what God was doing there and, and how they were affecting the culture at many different levels affecting it through reaching out to women who were in crisis, considering abortion, but also through adoption and fostering and interacting with churches and interacting with the government. It's just really an incredible ministry and really an incredible uh, model that can be uh, possibly copied throughout the country. So hopefully God continues to bless the ministry. I wanted to give Marcus an opportunity to share with those who are listening some contact information, ways that you can connect with his ministry and possible ways that you could give to the ministry? Uh, we have a website. Um, it's www.thelightcenterthailand.com. Um, we have a private Facebook group, but that requires contacting me first to get into. Uh, my email address is just my name, marcusfey at gmail.com, M-A-R-C-U-S-F-E-Y at gmail.com. Great. And I highly recommend, uh, if you're listening to this, to go to their website, check it out, see the pictures, see what they're doing a little bit more up close. And if you can give, you know, it may seem small to you, but God can multiply what we give to, to ministries like this. And you never know, your, your, your giving may uh, save a life and may lead somebody to Christ. So I highly encourage you to check out their website. Uh, contact Marcus and give if you can uh, possibly give. So thank you for joining us for this podcast, Life for All International. 
I'm Blake Lindley, and we've had uh, Marcus Fai from the Light Center in Thailand with us. Thank you very much, Marcus. You're welcome. All right. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Yes. You know, just keep it.